This is the View from the Mountaintop, and it is for April 1st, 2023. Today we're going to continue our examination of how Jesus himself faced the temptation of Satan to quit, to run away, to not complete the mission. And that's what we're going to be looking at using Mark 14, 15, and 16 for our scriptural references today. So stay tuned, listen along. I think it's going to be very informative to find out you're not alone. And you know today we'll be looking at the challenges of Satan during difficult times. That's the whole theme of these six months of our study. And to share that, I'm going to take you through the last days of the life of Christ. What it must have meant and the circumstances which were occurring which caused his death. Presumably, a lot of people felt to give Satan the victory. But in fact, by sticking with the mission and carrying it out, God achieved the victory he was looking for in salvation for his people. And Jesus achieved the completion of the mission, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Well, let's first pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for studying your scripture. Thank you for showing us that you yourself had all the traits of us being human, And during the last days of your life, you went through many of the temptations by Satan that we will face. Of course, you face them perfectly, and we may not so perfectly face them. But thank you for the example that we can see how you did face them and how you stuck with the mission that you have been given, Lord, right from the beginning and how you knew that God the Father would bring victory, even if you didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. And even if temptation allowed you to question the Father, that was okay. Because in the end, you chose obedience. Help us to choose that obedience, too, to you, Lord, during difficult times. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we begin today, I'd like to discuss just in general how Satan 
takes us through discouragement of completing our mission in the Lord. And the first way, he attacks us physically. In a lot of cases, it's like, you know, I just don't feel good. I, I'm sick. I'm frail. I can't do this. And uh, he brings bugs in. He brings tiredness in. He brings uh, those things which affect us physically and slow us down and cause us to be challenged to complete something, to complete the mission. Maybe we're just tired. In whatever way, the first thing I think, and the most obvious to many of us, is a physical attack. Now, every physical attack and sickness is not of the devil. Well, it may be of the devil, but it may not be planned to get you off your mission. But this is one of the most favorite tools. The next tool is mentally. Oh, I just can't see how this is going to happen. I cannot understand what's happening. I, I can't put the pieces of the puzzle together. I'm confused. I'm, uh, I don't know which direction I should take. The mental anguish that we face so many times that Satan is trying to attack us mentally is as the physical is probably one of the most visible, the mental is one of the least visible because that's in you and that's in your mind. And that's something that you're wrestling with. And so you don't quite see it and you don't quite confront it in the same way. It's uh, more insidious, more long-lasting. And the last, which I think is the most difficult way in which we're attacked to continue the mission, is emotional. Maybe we're sad. Maybe we're discouraged. Mentally, we understand it. We understand obedience, but we're discouraged. Maybe we're Sad because things are just falling apart around us. Maybe we're sad because someone lied about us and got us in this trouble. Maybe someone accused us of something. But the emotional aspects of being detoured from the completed mission are the most damaging ones because... They eat at you because in many cases, it's very, very difficult for you to minister to yourself when you are experiencing emotional difficulties, emotional difficulties. So emotions are one of the greatest areas of discouragement, one of the greatest areas of keeping us from finishing the mission. And today we're going to examine in chapters Mark 
in chapter 14, 15, and 16 of the book of Mark from the Bible, we're going to talk about what Jesus went through to complete his mission. Now, one of the uh, aspects of this is that when upon a mission, the last mile seems the longest. When upon a mission, the last moments of the battle seem the most tedious and the most discouraging many times. You're tired. It's the battle's raging. You want out of it, and you want it to stop, and you want to have the victory. And so the last mile of a race, the last part of a battle, the last three days before we often go home to be with the Lord may be the most difficult. Because so much is mounted up against us. It's the most time of being lonely. It's the time of wondering if daybreak will ever come. And so the last moments are often the worst. Now let's move into our teaching today, our scriptural teaching. Jesus faced all of these things that you will face. He has experienced them in a way that is far beyond what you will ever experience. Because the fate of the salvation of millions hung upon the mission. And because Jesus was human, fully human, and fully God, the terrible, traumatic battle and desertion and betrayal and physical agony, and finally a cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Shows the depth of emotional anguish that Jesus went through. We're going to examine these in the order in which we discussed how the attacks will come. So at first they may seem a little out of place as I look at each one because I'm going to be skipping around and choosing different things that fit the physical, mental, and finally the emotional aspects of this terrible, terrible time. So let's start with the physical aspects. First of all, Jesus is 
he knows that the mission is going to be coming to an end. He knows what is before him is the cross. And he goes to the garden and he takes the disciples. And then he takes three disciples a little further. And he asks them to pray because he is going to go on and he is going to pray to the Father. So the disciples say, sure, we'll pray. And Jesus goes on and he falls face down and he prays. He says, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, it is said, and I believe, that it is not only the mission that is before Jesus, but the leaving of the disciples here. And physically, he is sweating blood because he is so wrapped up in the anguish of whether his disciples are trained enough and he's leaving them and the cross before him. So in this physical, terrible time of stress and asking a father if there's any other way, he goes back and he finds his disciples sleeping. He says, can't you stay awake and pray for a little while? Oh, sure. Oh, sure we can. And he goes back up to his prayer place and prays again. And again, he's prostrated and he's, uh, you know, sweating blood and he is anguishing in the most physical way. And he comes back and he finds the disciples sleeping. And he says, well, okay, here come the people that are going to arrest me anyway. So he gets arrested. And he's bound up physically. They take him to the religious leaders of the day. And they abuse him, both by taunting and physical abuse. And denial, but we'll come back to that one. And he is then taken to the governmental leader, Pontius Pilate of that day, and he is again asked, who are you? You say you are, who are you? And he tells Pontius Pilate, you say, I'm the king of the Jews. Pilate realizes that there's a problem here, and he is requested to release one of the prisoners that the Roman government is holding at that moment. And 
So instead of releasing Jesus, who was love and peace, they released Barabbas, who was a known murderer. And Pontius Pilate then says, I'm turning this man because of your outcries. I'm, I keep asking you, what has he done? And all you keep saying to me is, crucify him. And although I can't find anything wrong with him, the sentence is crucifying him. He turns him over to the soldiers. The soldiers mock him by placing thorns, a crown of thorns upon his head and pushing it down. He's bleeding, he's hurting. And physically, the mission's getting darker and harder. Then he is made to endure the carrying of the cross. Finally, the Roman soldiers find another person, carry the cross up the hill to Golgotha. And Jesus knows what that cross is all for. He knows what's going to happen physically. And then the crucifixion itself, driving the nails into his hands and his feet, hanging cross up, all your weight goes on your bones and your skin and tears your body apart. I hope never to be there. But did you know that Nine out of the 12 disciples were crucified also. Anyway, we have to learn to be like Jesus. And they tempt him with wine that is full of myrrh, numbing. And at the end, they tempt him with wine and poison. And he doesn't receive it, either one. He's on the cross for six hours in agony, and he finally cries out, God, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, even while he's on the cross, he grants peace to one of the two convicts that were with him. One asks him, can I be with you in heaven today? And he said, because you have asked, you will be with me in paradise. Even in the midst of that torture, you and I would probably going, I don't know, I can't deal with this right now. But Jesus does. And he grants the man mercy. That's a physical aspect of this whole series of events, and I'm sure I've left out many. But I hope you come to grips with the fact of the terrible physical torture that Jesus endured to provide you with salvation and forgiveness of sins and to bring mankind back in unity with the Father. Thank you.
Now let's talk about the mental part of this, which is the second discouraging temptation that I spoke of earlier. Mentally, Jesus goes through the same sequence of events. He asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, you know, is very active and he's kind of patuous. And he says, oh, Lord, I'll never deny you. And the Lord says, well, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will have denied me three times. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Mentally, he knows, Jesus knows that, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Others will, in fact, deny him that aren't quite accounted for so clearly in Scripture. But many will. Oh, it looks like he's lost that ball game, so I'm not sticking with this team. And Jesus goes before the Father in the garden, and as I said, he anguishes mentally over, is there any other way? Can it happen any other way? But Father, if it cannot, if it cannot, I mentally make a decision to place myself in your hands, Father. I mentally make that decision to trust you. He goes on, and he doesn't, he knows that the mission's being carried out, but he doesn't necessarily understand why the religious leaders of the day are so against him. Keep saying throughout different points in Scripture, you know, for those who has ears, let him hear. For those who has eyes, let him see. And you're the religious leaders. You should know these things. You should know me. But they don't. They choose to reject him. And they turn him over to Pilate. And Jesus can see that in Pilate there's confusion. Pilate doesn't understand why you'd want a man like Barabbas over a man like Jesus. But he knows it's part of the mission. And in the end, he's mocked by the soldiers and crucified on the cross. And in the end, he says, God, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, God had not forsaken him, but he, he felt that way. And that will lead us to the next section of discussion. And the last and most terrible part of this whole thing is, as I said, the most difficult to deal with, the emotional part. 
Jesus in being fully human experiences all of the emotions that we experience. He experienced betrayal from his own disciples, people he had spent time teaching and loving and helping them to understand what was going on spiritually. And he felt betrayed. And he knew Peter would betray him. And he knew others would betray him because they simply did not believe that he would come back and rebuild the temple in three days. The Jewish leaders didn't believe him. They're supposed to know the law and know the prophets. There are numerous, many, many numerous, however you want to put it, prophets that this was the Messiah, but they couldn't see it. And so he again was rejected. Remember, he's tired. He's mentally challenged through this. And now he's rejected. Then he's not believed. And then he remains silent before Pontius Pilate. And he doesn't try to justify who he was what he was about. That wasn't part of the plan. Emotionally, he was betrayed by the government who didn't even follow their own laws on crucifixion. Emotionally, he's betrayed because Barabbas is allowed to go free, but not Jesus. Not the loving one, but the murderer. Then he's forced to endure the cross. And all this has happened. And emotionally, he cries out at the end, as I've said many times, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, there's many more emotions. There's the conflict of how this might, how the mission might be fulfilled in any other way. There's the conflict of the betrayal and the mockery of the soldiers. And even while the three days between crucifixion and resurrection were occurring, or two days, and he arose on the third day, people were walking around saying, well, I don't know, guess we believed in the wrong thing. They didn't understand that he could come back to life. They'd never seen that. Oh, yes, they'd heard of Lazarus, but he had to bring him back to life. He, how's he going to bring himself back to life? But his God who loved him because he was his father, caused Jesus to be brought back to life at the height of when Satan thought he had won the battle. And this is really, really important during difficult times. 
at the height of when physically, mentally, emotionally, you have felt that Satan has had the victory. Trust God the Father so that all things will be working in the way that God has established them. Make that decision. Make that emotional commitment and go on. Don't allow Satan to make you think that he's won the battle. Because even if that battle results in your death, as it had for Jesus on the cross, the victory is won by the completing of the mission. Keep that in mind. As you face difficult times, make decisions. And next month, we're going to talk about the tools to make those decisions and to follow Christ's outline of your mission and God's, uh, and God's outcome of your mission. And we're going to look at that and the tools that you can use in this spiritual warfare where Satan tries to defeat you. But you have the tools that are far greater in Jesus Christ. And we'll discuss that next month. Thank you so much for being with me today. I don't think it's any accident or anything that's not planned in a way that we have discussed this today on Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. Go to church. Find a place to worship the Lord. Go online if you need to. Watch a televangelist if you need to, but spend some time with the Lord in Scripture, in prayer, and in attendance somewhere where the Word of God is being taught. Thank you very much. This is your host on the mountaintop for Jesus for April 2023.